Welcome, nerd and nerdettes. Today's podcast episode features talks of childhood memories, a new Halloween movie, and steroids? <laughs> You're not listening to Featuring Dez. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the newest episode of Featuring Dez. I am your host once again, Dez, and today I'm accompanied by two obnoxious friends I've had since... God, I don't know how long, since high school, but today we're going to talk about games, but we're talking about underrated games. But before we get on to that main topic, guys, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my And no one cares. All right, guys, moving on. Woo! I can't believe I failed for that. I mean, he's the one here calling us obnoxious, and that's how he <laughs> decides to start this. I know, right? But no, my name is Deshaun Sanders, and my brother's twin brother. Ugh. And uh, my name's Greg. Uh, he I've sucks. Been, I've been friends with these guys since high school for whatever reason. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. Guys, if you guys ever want a confidence boost, go play Greg at MK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on, guys. I, so- I have no comments on that. Ugh. <laughs> uh. All right, so first subject I want to bring up is not game-related, but I got a couple topics topics I want to talk to you guys about real quick. So, HBO has recently just lost its flagship series, a.k.a. Game of Thrones. Now, with that being said, though, many people were quick to go there and cancel um, their, uh, their subscription to HBO. But there's actually a new show on the horizon that everyone has been raving and loving about. My brother included, and I hopped on the bandwagon too. I hopped on the bandwagon too, and that show, ladies and gentlemen, is called Chernobyl. And Sean, you have seen it, I'm, Greg. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but no, Sean, I haven't watched the show it. is is absurd in how, how much how it's able to make you feel so much. How much it's able to make you feel the weight of the world, so much terror with nothing ever really happening besides the actual event. This is true, and, and I mean the event itself is heinous, and it's crazy how much tension the show has. Like it. Like, it rivals Daredevil Season 3, and I consider that that season a masterpiece. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, crazy because, like, nothing will be happening. You, it'll just be two actors in a room just talking, but you can feel yeah. the intensity and, 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 like, the weight of, like, the decisions they make here now in this moment. And so that's one thing I got to give the show props for. The acting in this show is top tier, seriously. Yeah, it's heavy. It's heavy. And uh, I myself love it. Actually, uh, my fiance Erica is in love with the show. Same she, thing with my fiance. Yeah, she, she actually wants, wants to put it on um, before. Like, she stopped watching Veronica Mars so we could finish this. Yeah, I know. My fiance Sydney has been the same way. Every time I come home, babe, you want to watch an episode of like Chernobyl? And I'm like, ah, fine, I guess, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> fine, let's put on a great show. You know, just, know. Put, just put me through this torture. I know. Yeah. And uh, but by the way, guys, check out Veronica Mars. That new season is dropping soon. So. Uh, yeah, and first three seasons are all available on Hulu starting July 1st. Yeah, yeah! So. Veronica Mars is a great show for anyone who likes strong female characters and uh, great mysteries. Mm-hmm. And a good cast all around, actually. Honestly, yeah, really good cast. It's an older show, but uh, it's a goodie. There's a reason it keeps coming back. Yeah. Actually, yeah, it time. comes back in book form, movie form. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... <laughs> It's on the air for three years, and then it goes off, and fans are like, hey, we didn't get enough of this, so they bring it back for a movie, and then it goes off, and yeah. fans are like, okay, we didn't get enough of this, so they <laughs> they make some books, and, and we're actually really well done, and then fans are like, oh, well, we can't get enough of this either, and so they're like, all right, fine, I guess we just come do another TV show. I honestly haven't seen a show come back from the dead this many times since Community. I'm so serious. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's true, true. I mean, next thing you know, Veronica Mars is going to be like its own music CD of yeah. stories. Like, <laughs> what else are they going to do? I'm, I'm waiting on that PS4 game to come out. That's what I'm waiting <laughs> Hey, man, the PS4 is coming to an end right now. That's but, true. Yeah, PS5, man. Yeah. But no, I wanted to, I wanted to um, talk talk to you, Sean. So um, news, or rather a rumor came out recently during the week of E3 saying that Overwatch 2 is in development. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the reason my buddy Greg is snickering here because my brother here has a... 
Uh, put the saying it's an addiction would be putting it lightly. Uh, whatever the cookie monster has. <laughs> Let, let's put it this way: we're pretty sure that Blizzard pays him under the table <laughs> because he is nonstop promoting and playing pretty much all Blizzard products that yes. isn't like World of Warcraft. True, that Diablo three and Overwatch. It's all this dude played the summer of. 2017. Yeah, I think that's pretty all weird. he still plays. Yeah, pretty I'm pretty weird. sure the discs are just like glued into his console and you just can't remove them anymore. I, I honestly wish the PS4 um, console had like a shuffle disc inside where I could just Oh, that'd be dope actually. Right. That's actually not bad. I mean, that makes me more lazy. But anyway, so Sean, um, I'm, I'm assuming you're very excited about the idea of an Overwatch 2 coming out, but um, what would you like to, going forward, what would you like to see the series um, do, add, take away, change? What would you like to see the series do? So, <coughs> buff mercy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, like, me personally, I would love to see um, Blizzard kind of, like, um, just, like, get rid of, like, most of the original cast and just bring in brand new characters. Okay. Because, like, if, if not, then, like, kind of, like, what's the point? If we're going to have, like, the same gameplay and just new characters, they could have just did that with Overwatch 1 and kept adding new characters. Okay. You know what I mean? I kind of want them to bring in, majority, not all, but have, like, majority brand new cast, kind of like what Mortal Kombat did with MKX, and okay. kind of just, like, kind of, like, take Overwatch into, like, a different direction, whether, whether it, like, change the gameplay up a little bit or, like, the, um, the online. Just, I want to see, like, I want to see Blizzard, like, you know, bring something new to the table, you know? So, so you, you brought up changing the cast a little bit. Uh... How how would you, how would you feel if they uh, they kept most of the the OG cast mm-hmm. and then like kind of like what Street Fighter does Street Fighter will keep in the hard or Mortal Kombat does the same they'll keep in a lot of the hardcore characters but then bring in a lot of new characters because uh, or they could just keep the entire cast they already built from this one and bring in more or do you think that, that would be awesome or actually. do you think think that'd be too much ba- be a bit of a balancing uh, issue you know what um, I I I I'm a, like a big fan of games that have a huge cast like right. I'm a big fan of games with big cast like. Like I don't know, and so like I feel like if they brought the whole, the whole cast over, and you kind of like switched them up, tweaked them a little bit to where they're slightly different from the original games, and then brought in brand new cast, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I would say like Overwatch is kind of in this weird place where it's like if it's not broke, don't, don't fix it. Don't fix it exactly. Because right? yeah. I mean, they've been. I mean, it's been going on for what, like three, four years now. Four years, yeah. yeah. And I mean, they still have the huge player base. They, yeah, they've got a great. Strong. They've got a great system where they release a new character. You know, like every couple of months. Yeah. Who you know like i i don't play overwatch that much occasionally i'll get on but each character seems pretty unique in and mm-hmm. of itself and so it's like do you really want to mess with that too much right right that's true yeah, yeah. and and it's kind of funny you you bring it up by not really want to messing mess with that because like every time i talk to someone they're like man does anyone really play with that character like for example someone's like man does, does do people even play with zenyatta i was like i I, I play with Zenyatta. Yeah. And then, then usually for... Every time you think someone doesn't play with a character, there's like a million people who love that character. Yeah. Like I play with Symmetra and Zenyatta and there's a million people who are like diehard Symmetra fans. And uh, so... Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it reminds me a lot of StarCraft mm-hmm, where StarCraft mm-hmm. had that huge ongoing run for like 10, 15 years yeah. and like no one needed anything changed with it to want to keep playing it. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. it still stayed competitive until they eventually did StarCraft 2 and it... You know, it was basically just like updating all the models and adding in some more stuff. So yeah, I don't know what they would do, but hopefully they don't screw things up with the second one. Right. True. Agreed. All right, guys. So uh, now that we kind of oh, actually, no, I got another uh, news I want to talk to you guys about, and it's something that uh, it's, it's a genre of a film that uh, that we all love. It's horror, and uh, recently news came out um, that um, 2018's hit horror Halloween film is uh the sequel is already in development 
How do you guys feel about that going development so soon? Are you guys ready for that sequel? You guys think it should take a time? What do you, and also, where do you guys think the story should go? Any guesses you think the story might go in the future? So, here's my two cents on that. Obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously. You guys don't know me that well. But Halloween's <laughs> probably my favorite horror franchise. I'll yeah, just good. throw that out there. Yeah. I was incredibly impressed with the last one. I loved how different like all the kills and stuff were. And how it, it took itself seriously, but didn't make a joke out of itself. And also paid homage to the, to the classic mm-hmm. that came before. Yeah, so I, it was an incredibly well done movie. That being said, I'm worried that it's going to have the same kind of... Um, uh, the same kind of thing happened to it that Godzilla King of Monsters did. Where, you know, the new... The, the first Godzilla came out, like, 2014, the American one, which did really, really well. Made a lot of money. Everyone was excited. It's like, you know, it's new. It's new Godzilla. And, you know, people had their complaints. Yeah, but, like, like they're not being enough Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, but it still did really good. And then right. they made this new one that came out. And as a Godzilla fan, I, I loved it. It was great. But Even your, he, your, even your lady liked it, too. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Even, even my fiance, she, I mean, that, that's her, like, favorite Godzilla movie now. <laughs> But, like, for whatever reason, it just wasn't very successful. Mm. And a lot of people are just attributing that to just being burnt out mm-hmm. and not wanting to see just, like, another. Like, one was good enough. And so I worry that the same thing is going to happen with a new Halloween where everyone's just going to kind of be like, hey, we, we only wanted one and we don't necessarily want to go see a sequel. I, I have no doubts that it's going to be done well. As far as what you said about mm. where the story is going to go. Just I, box office success has you worried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as the story is going to go, I I mean, I imagine it's going to follow just the the three generations mm-hmm. of um of the, stro- of the yeah, yeah the Strodes. The Strodes. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, sp- speaking of uh, the three following the three generations, I don't think that's entirely um, a bad move because uh, the daughter of a, of a Jamie Lee Curtis's character, uh, she was actually she turned out to be she actually had a, a very well uh, a cool twist to her, and she actually had a little bit of cool development there, which I was not expecting to have. Yeah. I thought she was just going to be that pessimistic character who just doesn't believe there's a killer out until she actually sees there's a killer, and then she's like, oh shit, maybe I should, you know. No, it, it felt like a very real movie mm-hmm. like it, you know you go and see a lot of horror movies and you're like oh why would they do something so stupid like that yeah and oh well yeah no why aren't they you know taking the main character seriously and, and this one laid a good foundation of why you know uh, jamie lee curtis's character is the way she is mm-hmm. why her daughter doesn't trust her want to yeah. be around her and then instantly like when there are parts that make sense to you the viewer yeah. it makes the same amount of sense to the characters in the movie and yep. they follow that i hope it shouldn't agree. Yeah, I agree yeah. and so that I mean, that's that's part of the reason why I thought this new one was so good. It felt very real right. and believable. I'm actually hoping that possibly there might they might throw in a little bit of twist with the granddaughter. Because, mm-hmm. dude, I, I, so I got the... I don't, I don't know about other people, but I got this eerie feeling at how, the, how the, the way the film ended. Now, the final shot of the film has a very creepy shot. What it does is... It has this final shot where, like, uh, the camera pans down. It shows all the ladies in, like, the car. And the camera pans down and it shows the granddaughter. And she's squeezing the knife very tightly as if it, it, was, was, trying, it was trying to tell us something. It was very reminiscent of Halloween 4's yes. ending. Yeah. Where, um, you know, the niece, Jamie, mm-hmm. you know, had her encounter with Michael, survived. And then at the very end, she comes down the stairs with a knife in her hand, yeah. making you think that she's going to follow the same path that Michael did. And right, so, yeah, yeah. Which, which I think is actually is – that, that's actually one of my favorite endings in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm being biased because I love the Halloween series. Not all of it, though. Dear God. God. <laughs> but, so, there, yeah, there was a lot of illusions there, I, I think. Like you said earlier, mm-hmm. I paid a lot of homages to yeah. the previous Halloweens, and I thought that was the case there. So it'll be interesting to see if they – maybe they do something more with that, too. Yep. 
All right. So, guys, now we're going to wrap up the basic news. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. I'm talking about the games, the, the PlayStations, the Xboxes, the Nintendos. Let's get it on. And uh, I'm going to go first and bring up my first game I want to talk about that I, I find to be a bit underrated and a bit underplayed, actually, as well. And uh, the first game up on the list I want to talk about. So, those that know me, um, they know I love comic books. I read them on the monthly. I would say weekly or daily, but I just ain't got that kind of time anymore. So, I read them on the monthly. And... I also love video games too. That the video games were actually my first love before the art of filmmaking came in. And I love giant robots. I also like wacky but witty writing. I like anime and Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the comics, basically did a very goofy but masterful job of adding all that in a story and made it work. The comics were amazing. And some people might not know this, but shortly after the success of the live action film that was directed by the crazy talented Edgar Wright, there was a Scott Pilgrim video game that was released in the form of a side scroller beat em up. And it was glorious. And now, unfortunately, as much as I love and adore this game, for some reason, you can no longer buy it anymore. The, the game now only exists in my memories. But uh, anyway, I, I love this game. It was like a four-player beat-em-up. It had like all the best characters from, from, from the store, from the comics, and it was a good time. There's really not a lot I can say about it. The sprites were amazing. You mm -hmm. can see the love that, that they had for, for, for the series of Scott Pilgrim put into this game. And more people, I'm sad that more people won't be able to play it because, like I said, you can't really buy it anymore. Yeah. No, so like I still have it downloaded if I can dust off my old Xbox. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, other than that... It, it's the same with the PT demo. Like, if you didn't yep. have it downloaded, it oh, just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of PT, that's apparently not one of the rarest games in the world now. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Because of, you know, that that, that, was a tra that was a tragedy that that game began to be. But anyway, uh, um, you guys, if you guys can't, can find someone who has the Scott Pilgrim games, guys, give it a go. This shit's dope. It's it's literally a, the, the side school that beat him up genre at its best. And with a Scott Pilgrim twist, dude. And you uh, might you might be able to get lucky and find like an emulated version of it online. True, I, don't, I don't know. True, true, true. It's at least worth a shot. Yeah, the game was extremely fun. Like, like honestly, you can definitely see like the love of video games in that game. Yeah, I also so. dug the music though too. So yeah. that's a, that's another plus. It was very retro. Mm -hmm. Sir Gregory, um, you want to go first? Uh, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, man. Okay. So I'm trying to think about underrated games, and I, you know, a lot of these I don't know if people would consider them underrated but i do just for the fact that i never hear anyone talking about them <laughs> so there's this game that came out for xbox that me and my buddy and his other friend would get together and play it was called brute force <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys remember this game it came out uh oh shit let's well, see two, two, 2003 <laughs> and it was like it was the first time i had ever played a crew shooter before so like it's this third it was this third person shooter you're like a part of this mercenary crew um who all have like you know different abilities so like one of the characters he can use his ability to do wield another one uh can turn invisible one gets like some sort of like health regain or whatever and so anyways you, you like have to work together and you're god you're like on this alien planet and trying to liberate it or something like that i we didn't even pay attention to the story. Like, I'll be honest. We just went around doing, like, all this crazy <laughs> shit and blowing things up. And I remembered it just... It was a lot different than Halo. Because it's like, Halo, you know, we just kind of went off and did our own thing. But a lot of the times in Brute Force, it had to be like, Hey, you need to get your ass back over here and help me because my ass is about to die right now. <laughs> and so it was just kind of this crazy fun game that I think, it, I think it got hyped up for a bit when it first came out. And then just died out for whatever reason. And it's not like it's a crazy good game or anything, but if you're looking for something that maybe is, you know, retro without being too retro, 
and want something fun to do with some buddies for like a night of drinks and stuff, if you can find brute force, that's what I would recommend. Shit, that sounds like a good time. I'll I take know, you up get on some that. beers and do that. Yeah. All right, Sean, you want to tell the ladies and gentlemen at home uh, what game you feel is underrated? Yeah, so this game isn't too old school. It came out on the PlayStation 2 in the year 2000 in December. And this game is created by the homie Tetsuya Nomura, Ooh. the creator of the Kingdom Hearts series. Um, and this game is called The Bouncer. Yes. Man, I felt like this should have been on my list. I totally forgot. Yeah. And, so, and if it, for, for those who don't know, The Bouncer is basically a video game about a group of bouncers who work, <laughs> <laughs> who work at a bar, except the story doesn't go the way you think. Somehow, this story involves his girlfriend getting kidnapped by ninjas, and they go fight the ninjas, and it involves kung fu people who can do crazy shit. Like, a girl who can transform into, like, a panther or some shit? A panther, shit? Yeah. yeah. There's another one that's, like, an android with, like, a whip hand. This shit gets hella anime. And then all of a sudden, they're, like, in a spaceship in space. Yeah, like, I'm like, I'm sorry. It's the, the plot starts off so simple. You think, oh, this is going to be, like, a classic beat-em-up. Nope. <laughs> nope. The Japan just had the like Japanese this like classic story of the bouncer whose girlfriend gets taken <laughs> and throw in ninjas and a bunch of other absurd shit. But the game is dope though. Like if you want to play like just a really fun 3D like beat 'em up game, it's it's a fun game to play with a group of friends. But I actually I actually also think narratively it's also a fun time too. And I think they added in a cool aspect, kind of kind of like how you had to beat the game um, in a certain order or like uh, at the, depending on how you beat the game the game will get harder with a certain character mm-hmm. well and you also have to beat it three times to get the true ending because well. you had, had Sion Barzad who's the lead character then you had uh, Kolefo uh, Kolefo then you had Volt Kruger and uh, yeah who did mean you beat the game with last Volt? I think we did Volt last oh yeah, yeah. we just put everything in the stream yeah I did Volt last and that was such a huge mistake yeah, you, yeah. The guys don't do that if you guys ever play the bouncer d- d- don't you do play, that play Volt first, first? Yeah. and then um, save Either I think Sion saving him for last was really good just because yeah. he had that stupid windmill punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that like you could just if you did it right you could never get up. Although Cole had kicks for days though. Yeah, yeah. he did. You could you could basically just like combo someone into an oblivion basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, the game is fun. Highly highly recommend if you're looking for like a 3D beat 'em up game with an absurd story. Well, and it has that the funny like uh, spaghetti limb physics where like you get hit and their limbs just like <laughs> all over the place. Ragdoll like, shit. Like, yeah, ragdoll physics. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's like also like really funny because whenever you get hit, people like land on the ground like how people in Family Guy land on the ground <laughs> yeah, after yeah. they get hit. It's so. Funny. Funny. Like, oh, and also, one thing I thought me, me and Sean found interesting was that uh, in the bouncer, I don't know if you guys remember, remember a small game. Some, most of you guys probably never heard of it. Kingdom Hearts Two. Uh, there's this, uh, there's this clothing line called Dog Street that uh, that Pence wears, and that same clothing line can be can be seen in the game The Bouncer. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I think Sion Barzard wear, wears the same clothing line. By the way, can someone hit up Tattoo Namura and ask him if that's a real thing? Because I, I, I buy some of them clothes. Yeah, because some of the jackets that Sion be wearing is kind of dope, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just that's just like his art style for all the characters he designs. True. Just have these like crazy the, cool jackets that you're like, the world man, with you. Yeah, you're like, man, if I lived in Japan and I wore this, I'd be styling down the street. Yeah, but if yeah. I wore this in like the <laughs> streets of America, of, of America <laughs> people would probably be giving me that eye. So and yeah. also, who, I don't know who it is, but Tetsu got to talk to whoever the, whoever the nigga is, is who be animating Sora's feet. That dude <laughs> got shack levels of, of big ass feet. Nah, true. His hands are worse though. I, I oh yeah, yeah, no, his hands are like the size of like an entire person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. But uh, going into uh, my personal next uh, for game, I want to talk about that I find to be underrated. So one day in college, it was finals week, and I didn't want to study, and I didn't really want to go out and party though either. 
But then I heard that GameStop was having a game sale going on. So then your boy had the bright idea to go pick up a few cheap random games and go ham. By the way, kids, don't shop at GameStop. Send your money and your time elsewhere. Those guys are fucking hard. This is back when we were just like naive kids. Yeah, I was a broke college student. Didn't realize that GameStop can go suck a bunch of dicks. Yeah, like those guys are hard. But go, go give your money to Amazon or PlayStation or whoever, Xbox Live, whatever you can. But guys, don't give, don't give your money to GameStop. Go, or go support a local uh, game store if you can. True, yeah. But uh, yeah, so guys, put, put your money elsewhere, like I said. But um. Also, another public service service announcement is a uh, study during finals week. Don't don't fail. I, I passed, but anyway, I picked your boy picked up a couple games, and uh, one of the games I picked up was a comic book based game by the name of Darkness Two, oh, yeah. and the Darkness Two is based off the comic The Darkness, obviously. And this shit is actually so much fun. It it's it's a first person shooter, but you also got magical powers and abilities, so it's got a bit of a Borderlands esque effect to it, but. This game has the brutality of Mortal Kombat. It has the atmospheric vibe of any great horror game, along with like uh, great comic book aesthetics and uh, an interesting narrative that's reminiscent of, um, uh, I think it's Silent Hill 2, I, I want to say. Um, but um, it has a tragic ending. This game, so do not go in expecting this is going to end happy. Yeah, the hero's, the hero's backstory kind of reminds me of Spawn from yeah. the, the comic book Spawn. It, it, it's very much like a Spawn as story. As a matter of fact, speaking of Spawn, uh, I believe The Darkness is actually uh, published uh, from Image Image Comics, oh. so just like Spawn. Oh, okay. and, and those guys are notorious for having non traditional uh, main, main characters and heroes, yeah. yeah. But Jackie Estacado is the main character's name, and this dude's a fucking badass. He goes through literally, literally hell to get his uh, his girl back. And it's some gangster shit. Um, like I said, if you like uh, bl- g- uh, blood and guts like MK, but you also like having magical abilities like like Venom. His, his powers are very much like Venom from uh, Spider-Man. And uh, you, it's kind of cool because you, you're controlling two different aspects at the same time. So you can pick up uh, doors, rip them off, uh, de- decapitate people, shoot people in the head. It's a really fun time. And I ended up beating that shit in like oh, like two days. Not even, maybe not even two days. Yeah. But uh, it was during finals, finals week and I killed it real quick. I probably should not have. <laughs> but I passed, guys. So, whoo. <laughs> yeah, just don't take those kinds of risks, kids. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'll go next. So Yeah, goddamn. We've been taking up all this time. Okay, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> I'm tired, man. Um, okay, so... My next underrated game. It's going to kind of be in a genre that I don't think most people would expect. It's, uh, it's in the uh, sports genre. Ooh, shit. By a little game called Blitz the League 2. Yeah! <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Say the name again? Blitz the League 2. Yeah. So, I mean, not to say that the first one wasn't good. I just, like, the second one did everything the first one did, but better, mm-hmm. I think. And so, more ludicrous, I would say. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, like... Most of the time you play, what, you play like Madden or NCAA or whatever the football games are these days, and it's just, you know, regular football players. But Blitz basically takes football to a whole different level. Uh, if you guys have ever seen, like, the Blitz machines at your local arcades, um, it, it's similar to that where, like, when you get hit, you get hit hard. But this took it to a whole new level where you could deliberately, like, cause injuries, and the, the game would show it to you. So you could, like, snap people's ankles, and you would, like watch in slow motion as like the ankle get like, yeah. broken off in like x-ray vision and so you had things like that where you could just beat people up the whole time you had a really in-depth like rpg system to where you could level up your players the way you wanted to yep, level yep. them up 
Um, you had steroids. Yeah, you you had <laughs> steroids that you could do. Like it took football to just like this extreme level that you're never gonna see, but you would just you would think about like, oh man, what what a football really was like this. And the best part was this had a fucking story to it. <laughs> and by, by the way, and the story was actually kind of good. good. Yeah, yeah, it's like. It's exactly what you would expect of of this kind of ridiculous football game and its story. Like every time you face off with a team, they show you who their star player is, and there's like one guy who legit comes in on like a fucking uh, F sixteen jet and just like starts mauling people. And and most of these guys' names they're parodies off of actual football players. So like there's a Brett Favre parody, there's a LT parody in there. I mean it's Every part of it is just ridiculous. So if you're if you're even remotely a football fan, I would recommend picking this up just because of how hilarious it ends up being. And if you're not a football fan but you want a fun time to uh, to pass the time with your friends and have something you want to stream with, this is a fucking fun game to stream. I guarantee you'll get a shit ton of laughs. But sorry, I don't want to keep going, beating you to the head with the steroids thing. But it's really hilarious because like there'll be times where like your character's injured and you very clearly should not be going back out of the field. But but you being the coach, be like, nah, steroid him up and send that nigga back on out. <laughs> no, it was funny. I had one game once where like uh, I. So, like, the QB, I hit him so hard, I sacked his ass so hard that, like, you would see, like, his spinal cord break. Like, I'm pretty sure he's dead. And then afterwards, it just, like, shows him laying on a stretcher, and the coach is just like, oh, he's out for the season. And I'm sitting here like, no, his ass is dead. Like, I just killed him. What are you guys going to, like, do about that? Da- I, 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 I think the most dangerous person in that game was his name Bruno Greg. Br- oh, Bruno, Bruno Battaglia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, they, they legit tell you that this guy got steel reinforced knee plates just for football. <laughs> like, he didn't have to do that, but he did. Just so I, he could fuck you Greg, up even more. Greg, I feel like that line you just said encapsulates everything about Blitz, the Blitz mm-hmm. League, too. Yeah. He didn't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did it anyways. <laughs> So, oh my god! Yeah, no, I I love it. it. It's fun. It's stupid, but it's fun. Yeah. All right, Sean. Yeah. All right, so me. So my second game that I want to bring up that I think is like really underrated. All my friends here know I love this game. This is the Fall and War and Cybertron series for the Transformers game. Woo! They came yeah. out for the PlayStation Three, and the uh, the Fall and Cybertron games were like fucking dope. They're everything you want from a Transformers video game. If you grew up watching the No Humans. School, yeah, No Humans. If you grew up watching the old school G1 series and you wish they, they, they would just make a good Transformers movie, well, fuck the movie. Just go play, play the, the, the Fall of the Cybertron games. Yeah, anyone who's bitching and complaining say, oh man, I want, a, I want a real good Transformers film. Besides the obvious Bumblebee film, um, you guys need to play these, play these damn uh, mm-hmm. games. Yeah, because the story in these games are just so dope. And they bring in all these old school Transformers that only hardcore Transformers fans would know. Like they they bring in Cliff Jumper. They bring in oh, yeah. Um, Metroplex. Yeah, Metroplex. Like all these hardcore Transformers that only fans would know. And the story is just so dope. And they have an online for it to top it all off. And the online is so dope. Like before I got addicted to Overwatch, this was my Overwatch. Oh like, yeah, this is very much so the prelude of Sean getting addicted to online. Uh, yeah, this was one of those games where Sean would be like, "Hey, Greg, I'm gonna get online. You want to play this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it." And like yeah. the cool thing about it, you could create your own transformer, customize them, and pick different classes. Like the scientist class, which was more like Starscream, mm-hmm. and you could have like a class that was basically kind of like Optimus or Megatron, or like the little Scout class, which is more like Bumblebee. And so it was, it was just a dope game. So what I what I loved about this game is, you know, you watch like a lot of media these days, like cartoons, superhero mm-hmm. movies, right. things like that. That you're like, man. 
if they could just turn this into a game and make it like good, I would play this. Yeah. And I feel like these games really encapsulate what it is to be like be in the Transformers universe because you'll yes. be driving in yep. your vehicle or whatever, and when you click transform, you feel it with like the same momentum that yep. you watch in the show where it's just like one, two, three. They transform and you're immediately in the fight. So you would be flying with your jet transform for a second as you're falling down out of the air snipe someone out of the air and then re-transform yeah, before you hit the ground and it feels ground. so goddamn fluid yeah. it feels yeah. like dude they, they did such a good I feel like these the devs that did this don't get enough credit they really don't how, how well they did this I honestly feel like me and my group of friends are the only people that give this these games credit like it's insane and the, and the story was a really good just like transformer story yeah like, and it's, the, sto- the yeah. story is actually more reminiscent I would say of the uh, the, the, the image comics that, that, that have been going on is, is the idea IDW, the IDW my bad, yeah, yeah. The IDW comics, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. But the one thing I find um, pretty interesting about it is that for it being a Transformers game, it it feels very very gritty. It like, does. It, it feels, gritty, feels yeah. very very gritty, and so that that's cool. Like it it doesn't take uh, death in, in the game for granted. So yeah. But yeah, um, good pick, Sean. Yeah. yeah. Going forward, guys, I'm going to get off the whole dark and foreboding because I'm talking about darkness. Greg's bringing up fucking uh, Blitz. <laughs> and Sean's talking about robots killing each other in war. I'm, I'm going to take a step back and bring it up on something a little bit more lighthearted. So, guys, oftentimes, so Pokemon in general is one of the most, arguably the, the, the biggest juggernaut in the gaming uh, industry. This yeah. shit is unstoppable. Next to the, Mario. Yeah, that series does not know the phrase franchise fatigue. These niggas will, will sell hella games. Yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy, but... Uh, oftentimes when people ask me, hey, Dez, yo, what's your favorite Pokemon game? Oftentimes I'll jest and say, oh, Digimon World 3. But, uh, no, but for real, Digimon World 3. And that's the game I'm talking about today. <laughs> because Digimon World 3 literally takes all the best stuff that, 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 were, that were going on in the Pokemon games, except puts it in the digital world. And I'm not trying to sound rude, but it's pretty dope. Like, it's, it's, it, I actually prefer a lot... Digimon World 3, I, I actually find more appealing than most Pokemon games, yeah, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. And now that, but they had a dope-ass card battle system in there, too. That's so nice. if you got bored with the main story, which I don't know how, if you got bored with trying to train your, your, your Digimon and send them to the gym with Leomon and get ripped, um, you could just go play the, the fun-ass card po- the card game and duel the shit out of people. So you, had, you basically had Yu-Gi-Oh! and Digimon in one game. What's not to like? Yeah, that's po- true. So it was, a po- it, was, it was the perfect Pokemon game and a damn near poke- perfect uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! game. And it was a good time. Uh, you can you can get an emulator for it, you, you, dude. Go play this game; it's fun. If you if you like uh, Pokemon and and go go give this a try, even if you don't like Digimon, it's still a good time. So yeah, yeah I mean, you actually get to like you get to pick like a you know a bunch of the different Digimon from a few of the seasons, and then you get to level them up. Like I, I feel like the RPG elements with Digimon World Three are way better than they are in like the Pokemon games. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think for me and you, that makes it a lot more interesting. And plus, I've always liked Digimon more than Pokemon. I so I, I'll probably get flack for that. But I know it's okay, whatever. I mean, shit. I think I think we're we're part of the last generation that's probably gonna remember Tamagotchi and all that. So, yeah. so. But with but that said, though, guys, like I'm not even like I lo- I like the Pokemon series. But what I'm saying is is that Digimon World Three, just because I'm a big Digimon fan, the um the don't let that uh sway you. Like this is legit a good Pokemon game, even though it's a Digimon game. Yeah. yeah. Digimon World Three is, is is legit really good. So yeah. one thing one thing I'll add to that too. So you can emulate this game because of course I've done it. I love this game too. But uh, what you want to do is emulate Digimon World 2003. 
So that's like the international version that oh. came out that actually adds like a bunch of post-game content that you can do. Because originally in Digimon World 3, you'd be the final boss at the end of the game. You can't do anything else. Unlike Pokemon, where you beat right. the Elite Four and you can go do some more things. Yeah. But they made, a, they made like an expanded international version called Digimon World 2003. Yeah. Which is the same game, just more content in there. And you get stuff to do after the game. So if you're going to go download it, um, you can just like get an emulator, put it on your phone, and then just find the, the 2003 one. Nice. So, By the way, Teddy is a fucking dumbass. Oh, He's God. your best friend in that game. Just gonna put that out there. No, well, fucking Oinkmons, man. <laughs> I swear to God. If I never see another Oinkmon again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really can't uh, talk enough about how good the RPG leveling up system is in this game. Because it's more than just stats putting stuff where you want to go. You can add dark elements, light elements, yeah. and actually get your, your Digimon to, to transform into a different type. It, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is, is pretty... And there's something satisfying about sending your Digimon to a legit gym and watching yeah. them. Yeah. Watch, watch I, them. I was about to say, you send them to the boxing gym and watch them <laughs> fuck up their training and yeah. you get pissed about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like being a parent. It's actually kind of cool. So No, like, there's like legit one training part where you take them to where it's like... Uh, they have to like solve a math problem and it's always the same damn math problem <laughs> but they can't figure that it, shit it's out. like five plus two and then they're like that's three and then they get smacked with a frying pan and you're like what the fuck you should be smarter than this <laughs> oh man i need to make a meme about that but yeah. uh, all right greg what you got for me for uh, your uh, third game okay so my third game is actually about um an actor who decided they wanted to make their own game And now we have a couple of these out there. And, you know, a lot of the time they don't end up panning out really well. True, true. Um, Obviously, you have, like, Tony Hawk. He made his own, you know, skateboard games. Tony Hawk! One of the best game soundtracks. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, obviously those are going to be, like, the best games. But it's like there was nothing, like, really unique about it other than you're just being on a skateboard. Mm -hmm. And then you have guys like Vin Diesel who created, you know, what was that? Wheelman game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 50 Cent who created his own. Yeah, Bulletproof. But I think Vin Diesel actually owns his own game studio, too. So, yeah. But, and, like, both those games were just kind of, like, whatever. And they, they... didn't do very great and they kind of sucked to be honest yeah but the game that i'm going to talk about is the one that jack black did mm-hmm. called brutal legend Woo! and the reason i picked this game is because still to this day it is one of the most unique gaming experiences yep. i've ever had like i don't know if there's a real way to describe what kind of genre this game is it's jack black yeah it's like so i mean it's basically he you know it's a story that follows like the world's greatest groupie is what is what they call him because he's like toured with all the best bands you know helped him out with the equipment everything like that and he gets sucked into this world that's literally like the metal world so you have all these different crews and societies there there's one group out there literally called the headbangers who have (laughs) giant ass heads and continuously bang them up and down and so, like, their whole world is being torn asunder, and it's up to Jack Black to, you know, his character to pretty much, like, figure out, how do I save everyone? And so it has, you know, like, you end up having to make your own, like, metal, you know, heavy metal designed cars. You go around, like, killing people with your guitar, quote, axes, and just, like, like I said, I can't describe how this game plays, but it was just one of the, you know, most diverse and interesting gaming experiences I ever had. And... Like, there's a lot of commercials and advertising for this game. And then it came out, and everyone's like, oh, okay. And then, like, no one no one really played it. And I don't know why, because it was done really, really well. Yeah, and yeah. the story was really, really good. The only kind of people that I think wouldn't enjoy this are is if you, like, hate heavy metal. Which is fine. You know, it's a, it's a music 
it's a personal music choice. Yeah. For me, I love it, and so. I see. I, I don't. I don't feel like that. that that's necessarily a valid uh, criticism because uh, a Def Jam fight for New York is all all hip hop pretty much, but it's still a fun game. I know people that hate hip hop or rap, right. should I say, but and love Def, Def Jam, Jam the game. Yeah, yeah, so. that's true. I'm just saying, like, I could understand how that could be like a turnoff, but yeah, like, yeah. but like, yeah, they even got guys like Ozzy Osbourne, mm-hmm. Let Me Kill Mister, mm-hmm. uh, to even come in and like voice uh, some of the characters in there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a super fun game. I don't know why it didn't get more credit. Yeah. Okay, so me up next. Um, so the next game I want to talk about that I feel is like underrated is a game called Jade Empire. Ooh, yeah. yes. And, and this game Xbox was, exclusive. Yeah, this game was actually just an Xbox exclusive. And I'm not going to lie. If you were a fan of Knights of the Old Republic, go play Jade Empire. It's basically Knights of the Old Republic, except with Kung Fu and, and, like, and, and like Kung Fu magic instead of the Force and lightsabers. And, and once again, this is Bioware. Yeah, this is also Bioware. In their prime, when Bioware was dropping hit after hit, and they, yeah, no they really were. Back in the day, Bioware could like do no wrong. And like this game was definitely like a good example. This game came out and won a bunch of awards. And then like no one talked about it, and then like no one really like played it, you know? And like it's just, and, and like now it's just kind of like one of those rare games that like people are like oh yeah Jade Empire that's a pretty good game and that's just it you know yeah. but and it, I, sometimes I wonder if people didn't play it because they just saw it as Knights of the Republic but with Kung Fu but the story is so good and it actually has a solid twist like I mean like a well I, Bioware did uh, did well with twists because you yeah. know we got the twist at Knights of the Republic we also got the twist with this so the game was hey, bro my little sister played it my little sister is is even really a gamer she loved that game yeah she loved it, it had yeah. a pretty good romance system she hated all the guys so she just married married yeah. she got with a girl she yeah just, this was like one of the first games I think you could actually actually go gay in yeah like, like but back in this game came out yeah I definitely want to say as far as romance options oh, I, I gotta look into that, but I think this is one of the, the yeah, this, game, this game came out in 2005 and I think this is one of the first games where they actually gave you the option to actually like go for the same sex relationships and I thought that was pretty cool actually mm-hmm. and a lot of the characters in here were they had so much nuance to them and like you find out some of the history behind some of these characters and it's just like really good it's just Bioware at, at its best in their prime like Des was saying yeah but uh so Sean actually I think that's a really solid choice you, if you guys I highly recommend if you guys have not played Jade Empire give it a go even if you somehow don't like the story, the combat is still fun. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, Sean, your game came out in 2005. So did mine, at least in the U.S. And uh, also keeping on in on the uh, the, the topic of, of the uh, digital world, my next game I want to talk about um, is actually a duology, which is like instead of a, 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 a trilogy duology, but uh, it's it's a duology of role playing games, and it's done by it's uh, kind of a spinoff of sorts from the Shin Megami Tensei series. Mm. Shin, and um, Shin Megami Tensei series, you guys haven't heard heard of them, but you know they they made games. Uh, Atlas pretty much made has made a whole bunch of good games like the Persona series, which is now a heavyweight in the RPG world now. But um, everyone always talks about all these games in the Shin Megami Tensei series, but the one that never gets enough love. People even talk about Nocturne and all these other ones, but they never bring up Digital Devil Saga. Mm-hmm. Dude, Digital Devil Saga is so dope. It follows the story of, uh, of, of the Embryon, which is a tribe who fights against other six tribes in the digital world. And it's in a world called the Junkyard. And uh, after being affected by a demon virus, that uh, this pretty much grants basically everyone in the junkyard basically uh, demonic powers, and everyone has to figure out their powers. Dude, it becomes like think um, a, a, a survival game with Power Rangers, yeah. and and it's, it gets pretty dark. And I'm talking about main characters die like that. Yeah. Don't get too 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 close to a character. And not only that, but it has one of the most absurd endings. 
at least the first game had one of the most absurd endings I've ever seen in the game. It basically pulls a Matrix. Oh, you thought this was real? Oh, oh, oh. No, like, I'm not going to lie. I actually remember playing this game back in the day, and my mouth actually dropped. Yeah. Like, after, like, playing the ending. There's, there's very few And it was games. funny. My mouth dropped again when I beat the sequel. Oh, And what's yeah. funny, Sean, I feel like this kind of, like, laid the seeds to show um, um, um people in North America how dope later the Persona series was going to be. Yeah. After playing this shit, like... And, uh, and by, by the way, if you guys haven't played any of the Persona games, uh, what the fuck you doing? But um, anyway, um, yeah, man, Digital Devil Saga uh, is dope. Digital Devil Saga 2 is, is pretty good, too. I, I do miss the difficulty uh, spike in Digital Devil Saga 1. They, they, it, Digital, it definitely seemed 2 was a lot Yeah, 2 down. is a lot easier. But yeah. 1 has one of the hardest final bosses I've ever played in an RPG game. I'm, yeah. I'm, bar none. Like, I'm not even making that up. Yeah. It's, it's up there with Lady, fucking Lady Unaleska from uh, <laughs> yeah, Final Fantasy 10. So, uh, yeah, guys. Um, Digital Devil Saga is a good time. A dark, foreboding story. And it's short, too. Digital Devil Saga 1 and 2 are pretty short. Yeah. So, if you want a quick... Uh, um, series to go through give it a go so nice. that's mine yeah yeah i remember always seeing digital devil saga at gamestop and mm -hmm. i was like the fuck is this game mm. it, really it just cool. looks so weird honestly yeah. with the cover like yeah and it is weird so you're not wrong yeah i think it was like at the same time too that like devil may cry games were coming out oh yeah yeah, yeah. So and what's like, funny about devil may cry though is that uh dante from devil may cry actually appeared as a character in nocturne mm -hmm. yeah which, so yeah i heard about that um yeah okay so Another game that I have, um, since we're on the subject of kind of like story RPG-ish type games here, uh, came out for like the Xbox 360, and I remember seeing it at Blockbuster. Remember those? Um, <laughs> and I was like, you know, what what is this game? And I just decided to rent it because I had nothing better to do. And uh, I was surprised at how engrossed i was in the story because usually like if it wasn't like final fantasy or like dragon quest i usually didn't care right um but this game is called lost odyssey yes it came out for the xbox 360 um and uh i you know i ended up you know just kind of renting it for like a day or two and then i ended up just like buying the game i think for like 15 bucks because i was just so engrossed in the story anyways you like you you like play these different characters it, it's set during this like era where it's um instead of having like this technological industrial revolution they have what's called like the magic industrial revolution mm. so think like have you ever seen full metal alchemist think of it like that like how like alchemy kind of took over instead of science mm -hmm. and so in this like magic is kind of the one that is more taking over and so you you get to play with like two different types of characters ones that are called immortals and ones that are called mortals and so, like, clearly, obviously, like, the immortal characters, like, they can't die. Um, and it's been a while. But I think, like, the mortal characters, you needed them to be alive in order to kill certain enemies is what it was. So it had, like, this interesting system where you had had to kind of, like, use your parties together. And so, like, the gameplay system was fun. You know, you had your, like, standard RPG elements. You level everyone up, equipment, things like that. But then you also had this really interesting story because these immortals are all here not knowing why they're here like they lost their memories all they know is like they you know they just can't die mm -hmm. and a lot of them end up having kids and and even grandkids that end up being older than them and so you kind of get to watch these relationships kind of all go together like the this like legendary pirate you find out is like the grandkid of one of the immortals and he's like the biggest baby in the entire group <laughs> and so it's kind of interesting to watch them all work together but it was just such an engrossing story, and then the, the climax of it just kind of left me on the edge of my seat. And so then afterwards, I've just been waiting, and I was like, you know, when is Lost Odyssey 2 coming out? And it just never never happened. And I don't know why, because, you know, it got good reviews, 
you know, people that I talk to who have played it have nothing but good things to say about it. Yeah. Just, you know, maybe it doesn't have, like, that Final Fantasy label, so, you know, it's just not going to draw in the crowd enough, but... It, it was such a good game. Like, it, it I, I put came, that up there with like Final Fantasy games for yeah, story. It also came out at a really bad time. I was just about during, to say during, during when, when gaming was at a really big. Well, game. and also on top of that, like RPGs were in kind of a funk yeah, at this were. point in time. Like there were like really no really good RPGs. If you're an RPG that came out during this time, nine times out of ten, you, it was kind of whack. It was kind of whack. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I mean, I mean, his thing. Not to throw shade on these games, but during this time, we, we, we were getting games like um, uh, Residents Residents of Fate. Uh, Enchanted Arms and stuff yeah, like that. And not Last to, Remnant. Yeah, Last, yeah, Last Remnant. Remnant. And yeah. not to say those games are necessarily uh, bad, but, dude, they, they were not up to the quality of JRPG that me and my buddies were used to getting. Yeah. Like, like, like you guys gotta, like, remember, we, we, like, grew up with FF7, like, and all these classic, um, sweet, yeah, all these other great all titles, those, all these classic good titles, and then we, if we kind of, we, we went through kind of, like, like, a renaissance, and we had these bad RPGs come out, it was just, eh. Yeah, if that game had come out in a different period, I I think we would have seen a lot more of it. Yeah. It was really, really good, though. It was for the Xbox 360, so if you're mm-hmm. bored and you can find that game just for, like, a couple bucks, just go do it. Yeah. Like, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree, agree with that. It, it rem- okay, to put a best comparison, it reminds me of Legend of Dragoon a lot. Mm. How, like, you know, Legend of Dragoon came out in, like, the FF7, FF8 time period, mm-hmm. and so it kind of got overshadowed, but it has that cult following oh, that yeah. anyone who played it yeah. knows how amazing it oh, is, yeah, everyone. and it's the same way with Lost Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would definitely compare Legend of Dragoon to that of Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Yu Hakusho is one of the best anime to ever, like, ever, one of the best anime ever made, but the problem is it came out what I like to call the Dragon Ball era, when it's like, when it's like most people are like, yo, why would I want to watch a, a, a show about action when I got Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. You know, and same thing with people with Legend the Legend of Dragoon. It's like, yo, why would I want to play Legend of the Goon when I got all these Final Fantasy titles yeah. on the PlayStation? So, which, which on on their part was was a, was a terrible mistake. But yeah. uh, like, like I would bring up Legend of Dragoon instead, but I feel like it's hit kind of like that cult. It, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Firefly cult yeah. following yeah. for games. It is. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone knows how great it is and yeah. how much it deserved a sequel. Sydney's and cousins it just never happened. Sydney's yeah. cousins love Legend yeah. of Dragoon. Yeah. It's actually. almost every time I talk about um talk about underappreciated RPGs. Uh, Legend of Dragoon fans are always. Uh, Legend of Groove fans are always afraid to bring it because they did. They're aware that it's already kind of hit that cult yeah. status. But still, though, at release, it didn't get that. Like e- everyone knows how great of a game it is. It's well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, the general public knows how great of a game it is. Yeah. While game developers, for whatever reason, are just like, ah, we're yeah. not going to touch it. <laughs> but yeah, so me, the next game I actually w- want to talk about is actually a fighting game. And I'm bringing this game up because, like, I never knew any, anyone else that loved this game as much as me and my brother was until I moved up here to Utah and I met oh, my friend, w- um, William Santana. And this game is actually called Bushido Blade. Yes. And Bushido Blade is a very realistic take on, like, the way of the blade and, like, samurai fighting. It's the most realistic um, sword fighting game I've played to date. And this game came out in 1997. Now, with that said, as realistic as you can get d- back in the early 90s yeah. on, a pl- on the PlayStation. So, but yeah. But yeah, and the game was just so dope. Like, you could, like, fight in, like, a bamboo thicket. And when you slice your sword and you were next to a bamboo tree, you would slice bamboo trees in half. And it was just, like, a really fun experience. And I, I don't know. It was just, like, one of those rare PlayStation fighting games that just kind of got, like, overshadowed by, like, Street Fighter and Tekken and all those other games. And, like, Bloody Roar and Soul Cal and just didn't get, like, enough, of, like, like respect. And it was just, like, a really good game. And I highly recommend it um, for, to people who want to play it. So, now, um... Sean, you said it was fun, but you know what wasn't fun? Getting to that final boss and found that 
everyone you face face so far has had a sword, a spear of well, some yeah, kind. The game's called Bushido. Yeah, Bushido. And then you get to the front of us. This nigga has a gun. Yeah, <laughs> and he kills you in like one shot. Yeah, pretty he much one shot. You some bullshit. Yeah, you 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 basically have to like run up to him and hurt and stab him. <laughs> That's what we would do. We run around and go ahead and fall for the kill. So, but yeah, <laughs> so that was some bullshit. Yeah, but uh um. Um, keeping on the whole uh, f- kind of like fighting uh, um, kind of vibe that you kind of put off, I want to bring up a game that I actually really adored. It came out on the Xbox and PS2. Uh, it's called Beatdown Fist, Beat Fist of Vengeance. Mm-hmm. But in Japan, it's just known as just Beatdown. And uh, Beatdown Fist of Vengeance is a third-person action RPG beat-em-up video game uh, published by Capcom. And guys, growing up, I was a huge Capcom fan. Like, I thought Capcom could do no wrong besides releasing 30 different versions of Street Fighter. But, you, you know, you get my drift. Anyway, um, the game was released in 2005. Dude, 2005 was a hot year. It really was. Dude, we got Jade's Empire, Digital Devil Saga, and fucking... God yeah. damn, yeah. PS2 was going, it was going hard. Yeah. Shit. It, it's actually that, one of my favorite consoles. Yeah, it actually might actually. be my favorite. Yeah, shit. Anyway, um... So what's interesting about this is that you basically can take the role of one of, 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 of one of five different gangsters. And basically, there's different characters. There's a character named Lola. She's like the, this Hispanic girl who does like capoeira. There's like this uh, English guy who swears all the goddamn time. There's this brother named Jason G who kills niggas in like one throw. Uh, he's like a grappler. But anyway, uh, Beatdown Fist of Vengeance is a very underrated um, action RPG game. And uh, you're basically in a gang going around town trying to figure out who set you up, who did you wrong. And, dude, it has so much freedom. It's basically open world in, in like, this fictitious gang world. And it's so much fun. I, I got my, my, my friend shocking on it, and all of us would just go through. We have fun. The, scene, the, the dialogue was hilarious because everyone is trying to one-up each other and saying something gangster. Oh, what? Oh, what? Like, it was, it's, just, it's really hilarious. It's like uh, no one wants to have the smallest dick in the room. It's funny. But, uh... <laughs> That's no, fun. It's good times though, and uh, but, like that's another game that actually my sister loved as well. She did, yeah. Jamie, Jamie picked the one of the characters that would do like backflips and shit. Yeah. But anyway, the game was really fun, very brutal, uh, fun beat 'em up on the P- P- PlayStation Two era. Uh, give it a go. Beat down Fist of Vengeance. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, kind of running out of stuff here, but I'll just <laughs> I'll just throw one out there just because one of us needs to bring this up at some point. Uh, since we're talking about fighting games, I gotta bring up PlayStation All-Stars. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> only, only for the fact that, like, this was, like, PlayStation's attempt to kind of copy, you know, Nintendo Smash Brothers, uh, phenomenon. And, and they failed. Like, let's, let's not pretend that this was a great game by any means. Oh, no. But, uh, the amount of hours and drunk nights that we had playing this game, I mean... I can't I can't even begin to start with. But it 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 was a Smash Brothers copy, but they changed it up just enough for it to be its own game and it's full of PlayStation stars and you get to hear fucking Spike from Ape Escape yep. just taunt your ass over and over again. Drake talking about Shambhala. Shambhala, you've got um uh oh, what was it? Oh, the Serdan, Serdan from Medieval's in there. You got Dart who never made it into the game. Oh, don't even, don't even remind me of that. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. I mean, those, those are my homies right there. Oh yeah. Uh, Jack but, and Daxter. Man, I fucking hated Jack in that game. <laughs> Pretty much any character Sean played, I hated that character. <laughs> he did my Fat Princess though. Yeah, Fat Princess was bad for a little bit, and then, then we figured it out. I hated that damn barrel that Drake throws out, but. 
Man, it like if you wanted something that was different than Smash Brothers to play, but you didn't want to get like one of the shitty two dollar games that are on like PlayStation Network. Like, what was that one game you had us playing? That cartoon? Oh, uh, that, that Cartoon it, Network. It was, it was basically Super Smash Brothers, but with Cartoon Network characters. Yeah, Shit was hilarious. No, that game was terrible. It was. I hated playing that game so after bad. about two seconds. There, there's like even a Digimon version too. Oh yeah, Digimon <laughs> Rumble, Rumble Arena. Arena. Oh man, that game was terrible too. <laughs> At least PlayStation All Stars was like the right amount of terrible to infuriate you but then you're like nah it's cool let me let me just go have a shot here and then we'll go right back at it and that game had some bs in it that me and greg just kind of ignored we're like ah you know yeah it's fine but we, we came up with so many dumb things and me and sean actually were really really good at the because you could play like doubles in there and i remember for a while there me and him were kind of living together so we would just pretty much go online every night and just wreck people i think we we're like top 50 yeah, something yeah. like that by the end of it so they, they, they we were, had a lot of fun. They would troll so many characters because while Greg was fucking dudes up, showing would pick Spike for vape escaping, say his legendary quote, you'll yeah, never, never win. win. <laughs> yeah, we we had what we deemed the uh, Super Saiyan Ratchet formation. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we played this game way more than probably anyone should have. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. It really was, yeah. All right, so I have two quick ones I want to quickly throw out. Uh, one of them is uh, Hotline Miami. Now, Hotline Miami is, is probably the most recent game I've brought up. Hotline Miami uh, came out in 2012, I believe, and it was published by Devolver Digital. Now, Devolver Digital, as of lately, has, has been publishing a lot of great uh, a great hits. But Hotline Miami is basically a top-down shooter game that is ultra-violent. And um, if you want if you want to get the style, think sly 80s, 80s style music. Um, and if you've seen the movie Drive... Put drive into a video game, yeah, and and that's basically what you got. But it's it's actually very strategy based. And if you want a uh, a, a game that's gonna test test you difficulty wise, but have fun and blowing shit up using ninja stars, swords, guns, and all kinds of shit, I highly recommend uh, Hotline Miami. And it's I, it's a good pick uh, uh, for like someone who's into like the old school gaming gaming era. Uh, so I, I recommend Hotline Miami. But another game I want to throw out real quick is actually no, this one's actually probably the newest game I'm gonna bring up. But this one is actually a VR title. Believe it or not, and a uh, shout out to the homie Will for put me on to this. But uh, it's a game called Trover Saves the Universe. Trover Saves the Universe is a VR game that you should not take seriously. This game, but it, what I will say though, it's probably the fucking funniest game I've ever played in my life. And I should and I should have known I would love it as soon as I found out it was created by the co-creator of Rick and Morty, Justin Rowland. Bruh, this game had me literally cry. I had to take my VR headset off because I was crying into the headset. But my friend was like, you good? You good? Dude, it's so funny because there's this part where, where they, they make fun of Zelda and all kinds of other games with puzzles. And the maker is like, fuck this shit. And you literally can't just like say fuck it and leave the puzzle. <laughs> Bro, I was dying. Because I'm going to be trying to solve this puzzle. And the main character's like, you know what, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> awesome oh, I, need to, I need to check that out so, what's even funnier though is that the game is inspired by zelda so if you like anything zelda based uh but with, with, with a future futuristic tinge to it <laughs> dude i highly recommend trover saves the universe okay just the role of having you die just as much as jerry, uh, the, oh, the, jerry. The, the b6 from uh, rick and morty dude i'm telling you i recommend uh trover saves the universe but uh sean you got anything else no nah, man i'm good greg pretty much like you pretty much killed it with PlayStation so, so. <laughs> I mean, the only other thing that I might bring up a little bit, um, it's a franchise, it like does well in Japan, but doesn't do well over here, the Dragon Guard series. Oh, oh my shit, God. I know. Like, um, I mean, I haven't played the third one, and that one looked like a lot different than the I haven't played the third two. one either, actually. Yeah, Shame on me. But, uh, but the first two were a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. it, it's like an action RPG, um, and deals with like dragons, you know, world 
basically apocalypse ending things like that. I mean, you're you're typical what you would expect, but they were really fun games. Um, Dragon Guard two came out. You had like four different endings you could get, so there like had a lot of replayability there. Yeah, yeah. those games could get super dark, uber dark too. Yeah, they really I mean, could. which 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 kind of makes sense because apparently those games are connected to the Near series, yeah. like Near and Near Automata. Mm-hmm. So. And, and those games are super dark as well, yeah. so... Yeah, like, there's one where, like, you have to kill your own girlfriend. Yeah. There's, like, another part where, like, you have to basically decide whether you're going to wipe out, like, the human race or the dragon race. Like, yeah. it, it's pretty messed up. But they were really fun games, really in-depth, had a lot of lore to it, which, like you said, I, I guess mm-hmm. it extends over to the Nier series, which I still need to check out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for whatever... It does really good in Japan, just doesn't do well here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you for being on the show and talking shop with me about underrated games. Some of these aren't necessarily underrated, but fuck it. They underrated us. And, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, And, guys, thanks for being on the show. This is Dez from Feature and Dez signing out. Peace.